to that recording thing. So, like, are you good to go? Will we go now? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So this is episode three of the VegCast, long overdue. And uh, we'll get going anyway. Mark, what's the crack? What have you been up to? Yeah, we're like, what, is it exactly two months since the last one? Uh, pretty much. Pretty I think the, the last, right. last one was released on um, April 30th, so we missed May altogether. But uh, we can we yeah. can, we can can compensate uh, for it. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose the last two months has been pretty much the same. You know, we actually had a really cold, cold snap in uh, May. Um, Did we? A oh, little bit of a late it. frost. Yeah, you know about it when you're growing. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the potatoes, potatoes got a bit of a frost, and yeah, it was a bit of a concern. But yeah, now we're 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 getting pretty decent weather these days. You can't complain. Well, last week was kind of poor, but other than that, it was yeah, it's been lovely. Like it's lovely today, which is why I'm raging that I have to spend the whole. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm in I'm indoors painting all day today. I was like, why can we go outside? It's oh, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Now, uh, yeah, the last two months, um, what's going on? Everything, everything has been planted either outside or in the greenhouse, depending on where it's it's going to live for the next uh, few months. Um, Brussels sprouts, potatoes have been planted out. Uh, Swiss chard. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, that's that's everything really what's, you know oh tomatoes and cucumbers are now now in the greenhouse oh nice plants in their bed so what's a swiss yeah, chard loads of tomatoes i don't know oh, i've never it's, heard of that before yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like spinach and okay. the reason i'm growing it is because spinach just never really did well for me so uh, in- just for the fact that it didn't grow very fast uh so spinach just grows or sorry swiss chard just grows huge i can't believe the size of the leaves what, like, like they're tennis like? racket size oh what really uh yeah That's exactly sh- oh no it's nuts like yeah so you can just keep picking away at the leaves um yeah these are like mutants uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because of the just because of the fertilizer i'll be talking about in a bit that i'm yeah. feeding them they're just growing so huge like and would it have um, the same kind of like uh, health properties as, as spinach? Like would it be like high in iron and all that? Kind oh of yeah, full or? of, exactly. Yeah, full of iron. Um, yeah, and vitamins really, so. And uh, you were saying to me earlier that you want to, there's, there's a particular topic that you want to lean into for this for this week's podcast. Fertilize, organic fertilizer, uh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, in a bit, we'll be talking about... Uh, different fertilizers I use in the mm. garden and uh, not off the shelf um just created uh from what I have uh, in the garden here which is yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah keep it natural um yeah as for the last uh, couple of months just loads of weeding really everything's growing so fast including any weeds so uh a lot of the gardens kind of surrounded by trees so you have uh loads of seeds and and things falling down from the trees and starting to grow which is fine you know you can spend maybe half an hour each week just uh, getting in between the plants and and plucking out the weeds which all just goes into the compost anyway Yeah, yeah, yeah um 
it's it's not such a chore either i find it good for because you're between the plants you can kind of see if maybe they're infested with uh green fly or aphids or yeah uh, if you notice some are weaker than others at least it's a good opportunity to kind of get closer to them and look at them you know do you, just with the so, ga- with the garden being surrounded by trees do you ever have any problems with tree roots at all uh, that's actually a good question yeah like hedges and trees uh they do tend to encroach uh, into some of the beds um some sometimes what i do is i will get i know i don't dig but i do get a sharp (laughs) sharp spade and in the spring i will edge around some of the beds beside uh trees or hedges just to just to kind of chop the roots um, or trim the roots that are encroaching into the bed uh the the dead side of the root will break down under the bed as well and then feed feed the plants oh, right, okay. that are growing in it. So when you say edge, yeah, what do you mean question. by that? I'm assuming like it's just it's just literally putting this this the shovel down into the ground and chopping it, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I I find it's helpful for at least the, the upper side of the like the the surface of the soil, you know, the first foot of mm. soil. I'd imagine after after the spring, summer, autumn, you're back to spring again. I'd say the roots are back, but I, it's just comes full circle. I'll just edge them again. So hmm. um, you'll notice that not necessarily for stealing nutrients, but more for just stealing water. Like anything that's growing beside a tree will Would just be have so stronger growth compared to exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but like, would you know, just, would you know, but like, would you, when you say that it sucks the water out, does that, does that slow down the process of the vegetable growing at all? Or does it completely cut it off altogether sometimes? Uh, it just slows it down. Like, you know, if you had say a, a block of vegetables, let's say nine vegetables in a grid and there was a tree growing on the left side of that grid, you'll yeah. notice literally right in front of you, usually the left the, the, the left ones beside the tree will be stunted. The middle ones will be slightly stunted and then the ones on the right would be, you know, unaffected. So, yeah, um, that must look so bizarre <laughs> that they're all pain, all uh, planted at the same time. And then it's just like <laughs> different stages yeah. of life. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then you can kind of, you can kind of manipulate it a bit. So you, you mightn't, you mightn't just, uh, say for example it's it's a chard or a kale you mm. might just heavily pick the ones beside the tree to give it more opportunity to use photosynthesis and grow stronger whereas you might heavily pick and harvest the ones further away so that they work a bit harder and they have more nutrients under them so All right, okay. um, you can kind of treat them treat them uh, depending on what's going on around them so cool. Uh, maybe I'm overthinking it, but it seems to work. <laughs> oh, well, like I, I don't know, there's but it's methods. It... <laughs> there's method in the madness. So. Well, if you can see a difference, obviously it does work. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. um, so wait, will we talk about this uh, organic fertilizer? Is it? Yeah. So, like you know, you walk into, uh, you know, Woody's or your garden store, and. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be shelves of fertilizers, which 
it's grand, you know, and the same with compost. Like we might have talked about that last last time with compost, compost was last time, yeah. You can buy it. Yeah, and you can buy it and it's it's full of like quick release fertilizer. So you'll notice like, you know, straight away it off the bat, it just races on. If it's nitrogen, for example, it'll get really green and lush, but it doesn't be long before that kind of like leaches out of the out of it from rain and watering mm. and uh yeah it just doesn't hang around very long um but you know with organic fertilizers it just seems to be a slower release but it hangs around for longer and yeah. it's a bonus if you can make it yourself because you're not paying you know you might you might easily spend if i was to use the same amount of fertilizer in my garden probably upwards of 50 to 100 euro just on fertilizers Jesus. if i want to get the same uh, benefits as and, i'm getting now you know and how much time would you get out of out of like 100 euro 50 euro fertilizer is that like per month or weekly or oh no i'm just thinking for the year like for the year um but but still you know yeah you yeah, know the saving it's it's yeah, just an simple. estimate really but yes yeah, thinking about for example, tomato feed, which is uh, full of potassium, I think, uh, and phosphorus, and it helps it flower and the flowers develop. Um, you've got organic fertilizers that do that too. Same with uh, nitrogen um, to get the greens, vigorous mm-hmm. greens. Uh, organic fertilizers will do the same. Um, I'm I have three different uh, main types of fertilizer that i do make okay and uh we'll go through them real quick so first one's called comfrey tea or nettle tea so it's it's like a it's like a nitrogen fertilizer um it's it's pretty smelly i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) (laughs) if it doesn't smell bad it probably isn't any use that's that's my motto <laughs> with comfrey tea. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it grows from this plant. You've seen Dawkins before. Um, dock big leaves. dock leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've exactly, been stung by yeah. a few nettles before. Like for example, it was always the cure. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Yeah, yeah. so, it, you know, that's the wives' tale. My um, granny owns a farm. Like you I've, rub it. Yeah, yeah. I've been, run, been allowed to run around it a few times. Yeah, but you dock rub it on everywhere. the spot where you get a nettle sting. Does that does Very it good, does yeah. it work though? I always felt I still I still could feel the sting quite severe. But then again, I was always rolling in a bush of nettles, which was never, never <laughs> a good idea. Man, I remember getting stung by nettles yeah. one time. My whole face went swollen. I was it was it was over in Still Oregon, and we had no oh, dock yeah. leaves. We had no dock leaves, nothing to treat it. So I basically had to sit there for. I don't know how oh, long the nettle, no. st- nettle sting lasts, but it felt like two hours of just being in how, extreme sorry, pain. How did you get it on your face? I was up in a tree and the fucking branch broke and I fell down onto oh, my no. I fell down onto my face. And I didn't know that I'd fallen in the nettles because we were playing like we we're playing like hide and seek and I ran away. And then like literally like <laughs> about 20 seconds later, I was just went what is going on with my face? And then I was like, oh my God. And it was all my face, my neck oh. and the side of my arm. What the um, hell? and it, it just swelled up. Like I remember my friend Robert came over and he was Barry and he just went, Oh fuck. <laughs> Straight away. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're about like eleven or twelve. Yeah, that's that's sore. Yeah, it's very sore. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think no, it's, like I think it goes on I think the sting goes on for about an hour yeah. or two hours. It was but we did we couldn't find any dock leaves. 
and there was none around. Like, uh, and it's, I don't know if it's like if it's true or not, but they always say that if there's nettles, there should be dock leaves nearby. Is what I was told when I was younger. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, well, I guess you know if 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 there are nettles there, maybe the farmer hasn't been you know, looking after the field that well and mm. there's good chance there's going to be Dawkins there too. So, um, so, so are Dawkins like a yeah, type of weed no, then? I don't know they? what it is about. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dawkins are a weed. They're, okay. they're very difficult to get rid of. Um, huge long taproot. They self-seed very easily. Um, and as far as I know, the comfrey is a cousin to the dock. I might be wrong. I think it's, I think it might be cousins. But basically, yeah, it grows these huge, big leaves. Um, it also grows this very long tap root, which will keep burrowing further and further down. And it'll, it's basically a minor plant. It'll okay. mine the micronutrients and uh, the nitrogen out of the ground, and it holds it in the leaves. So that's the trick there. When it holds it in the leaves and you harvest the leaves, you're basically harvesting everything it's mined up for you. Okay. So, yeah, and what you do then is you you get the leaves, you you scrunch them up, you you chop them up, you just put them in a barrel of water, and you leave it to sit for, I leave it, you know, three four months. Um, just let it ferment almost. Uh, exactly. Yeah, and this is where you get kind of creative and search around for some nettles <laughs> as well because nettles do the same thing. Um, you drop them in along with them and let it ferment, as you said. And yeah, then it does get stinky. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it does. But the trick is to put on some old clothes, do it only once. Yeah. It just get smelly once. And I just get a bucket and I strain it uh, through like a net that I have made. It's like a strainer into another big barrel. And then I use that big barrel for uh, watering down and and spraying on on the plants around them. So um, it's so strong and potent that it you know one part to ten water is is fine. Oh wow! Um, okay. You so could actually like super fuel. Yeah, basically. you could kill plants if you put exactly if you put too much in a young plant. It's probably going to kill it because it's just going to be too much, uh, too much goodness. You're going to kill it with goodness. <laughs> well, just to, like, I know this sounds, what does it smell like? Cause it, I would like normally when I hear for, when people say fertilizer smells bad, the image that goes through my head is slurry, which does not smell great, but this, yeah. this is this more like a chemical smell or? Ah, oh, it's a good question. It's not really slurry smell cause it's more like manure. Yeah. But it is still a fertilizer. Um, it's not really like a chemically smell either. It's just like a, I suppose it's rotting, uh, fermented smell, okay. I suppose. So um, yeah, I'd imagine that's it's quite a tough stifling. One to explain. That I'll, sounds like I'll one of the ones that just goes straight up the yeah. nose. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, please do. <laughs> we'll have like, we'll have like, you know, you ever see those like whiskey tastings and it's like, which, for, which, uh, which fertilizer do you think is this one? And you have like three different oh, cups. No. <laughs> I'll just hide, I'll hide it somewhere in your, I'll spill a little bit in your house somewhere and, and I'll let you just deal with it yeah, for the th- next couple yeah, of months. Yeah, that'd be great. Like you're on good terms with my mum and you want to ruin it by doing that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think that will go down very well. Yeah. I'm just like, it was just a joke. The whole house stinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass. I'll pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you can pour it in. It's so it is. <laughs> it's it's full of nitrogen, uh, phosphorus, magnesium, potassium, and loads of little like micronutrients as well. Um, <clears throat> and as I said, yeah, like I made a barrel of it, and I still have some left over from last year, which overlaps with what I've just made uh, this year. So I'm going to leave. It for a couple of months um the plant itself as well uh i didn't let it flower last year just so it would keep its strength up but this mm. year i let it flower and the bees loved them as well oh great um, it's kind of like a foxglove yeah it looked like a foxglove really you know a tall plant yeah with loads of purple kind of bell flowers yeah they're gorgeous flowers yeah nice color yeah, in them. so so that's the comfrey. It's all chopped back. I mean, I chopped it right to the base and it will feel very sorry for itself for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'll water it through and then I don't know where the leaves start coming up from the ground again. So, um, yeah. And just, comfrey. Uh, just, this is might sound like a dumb question. I'm assuming different fertilizers have are for different plants or would you have the same fertilizer? Like they would have different uses like, yeah, I I kind of experiment, of course, with putting different fertilizers in different plants. But like with a comfrey fertilizer, it's it's full of nitrogen as well as other things, but full of nitrogen. Mm. So anything that you want that has big leaves, very green, like brassicas, uh, which means like kales, Brussels sprouts, stuff like that, they love that. But you can also uh, you know water it down really well and put them on onions for example okay um, you know like you could put it on anything really garlic uh even spread on your lawns really in in the spring if if you want to get them real green you know so green lawn yeah. um yeah <clears throat> um so that's comfrey uh the next one is um everyone can get their hands on this it's it's wood ash which is essentially just the ashes from uh, a fireplace or stove oh yeah as long yeah. as it's just been burning wood um so maybe your granny actually might might use this does she oh i don't know if granny does any gardening herself now to be honest um nana might use it actually oh granny, did you not say your granny oh, your nana, gra- yeah, so granny actually, li- yeah. granny lives in tarone and nana lives in dublin Mm. Um, and Nana, Nana's ah. the one with the greenhouse. Granny's the one with the farm. Oh, but, very uh, good. Yeah, no, the ash yes. thing. Um, so yeah, no, Granny would. Gra- Nana might have used the uh the ash thing. I have to ask her that. We've used. I think we've used it before. Because you don't just chuck it in the bin. It can be. It can be yeah, used so, quite a bit. Like because we would. We would like the turf fire and the yeah. and wood fire. Mm. Yeah. So you can. There's two ways you can use it. You can just top dress the soil on top. Just scatter it scatter around uh, on top of the soil let let the rain wash it in um or something else i'm messing around with these days is putting it into a burlap sack and submerging it in water uh in in another big drum really um and turning it into like a liquid ash feed so uh yeah 
But where, where, um, you're you're looking confused. Yeah, because where, where did you even figure out how to do that? Did you? Is this just trial and error from using it, or? Oh, uh, this is proper trial. Like, yeah, proper. I I actually I did some googling, and no one really talked about it. I'm sure someone does it, but um, yeah, no, I I actually thought of it because someone else was doing comfrey tea, but he didn't like straining it to begin with, so he was putting putting it all into a sack and submerge it in the water. Okay. And uh, it was that that kind of made me realize, oh, wait, I could I could actually turn turn wood ash into liquid fertilizer. And how it's long still, did you have to leave it? still in it? trial. Sorry. I'll, I mean, it's probably instant, you know. Yeah, because yeah. it's ash. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just submerged the sack in, and you can see it already kind of discoloring the water um it's like that dusty kind of uh you know dusty appearance of water but um yeah every so often i kind of just lift the sack up out of it and then drop it back in and like mix it all up and i just get my watering can fill it up with that water it down again i'm doing like uh one part to five parts water and it seems to be doing really well um it actually has pretty similar properties to comfrey and nettle tea, except for it has no nitrogen. Oh, but it's got a little like... bit of everything else. Oh no, I yeah none. Because hmm. you're you you've burned you've burned a wood, yeah. which is full of carbon. It doesn't oh. have any nitrogen. It's kind of weird that you think you think uh, you think when you burn something. If you remember from the from the compost chat, mm. from the compost chat, like all the twigs are full of carbon and all the grass is full of nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. But it's weird. You think you think by burning something, you think by burning something that it it, it would have you know fecal use because you've 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 destroyed it essentially. It's kind of it's crazy that you can actually just basically recycle everything all the time for more and more and more use yeah it's it's that's a great point um i always kind of thought that too but then think of like forests that have fires in them uh, they really don't be long before they actually start to kind of get really green and lush again um oh, really like, like you know isn't that they just yeah. go they just go up straight at, well not straight away obviously you lose quite a bit but i didn't th- yeah i didn't think i thought you know, that was- the next yeah, no. The next season, it'll it'll uh, it'll take off again. Like it's kind of like a natural way for for a forest to kind of rejuvenate itself. Hmm. Um, it's not good to see a forest on fire, but obviously it's, not. That's no. nature. <laughs> no. But that's nature kind of getting itself back in its feet again. So, yeah. um, but yeah, the reason that I'm I'm chasing for uh, wood ash fertilizer is because, um, compared to comfrey and nettle tea some plants you actually don't want to have much nitrogen in so i talked about like brussels sprouts and kale that's good to get them good and green and Mm. and stuff but like tomato plants are a great example of something that you don't want to give too much nitrogen because all it's going to do is grow leaves okay not grow tomatoes okay so um like you can kind of tease it a little bit with some comfrey to kind of get it going and get some good leaf growth for photosynthesis. But for the most part, it's, yeah, it, 
it does really well on on ash uh, wood ash and this kind of mix that i'm making as well it seems to be doing great so uh, is this your first time testing out the mix is this like your yeah, first year testing um, i had it yeah it's the barrel was sitting there since like january or so and tomatoes only started kind of flowering in the last uh, month or so so yeah like i mean I mean, yeah, there's loads of flowers on them, so they must be loving it. Yeah, it'd be interesting now. Like, what, and like, what other uses would you have for it besides tomatoes? Like, would any other uh, vegetable thrive off it rather than the the previous yeah, fertilizer? I I kind of water it on a lot of like different plants. Um, you know, anything really. Mm. Uh, the f- flowers, especially uh, anything the flowers. Um, you know, it's it's great for those uh i might be wrong i think it's good for peas and beans as well okay um because they love wood ash and also they you rely on them flowering to create peas and beans mm. so um but besides that it's it's just full of micronutrients which you know you just you can't just inject the soil with you know bits and pieces it's it's got to come from somewhere and it, it's a great source so yeah that's that's wood ash fertilizer interesting i i i, I don't yeah just I, I know i've already said it but it's funny just that something you've destroyed you can use it to fertilize stuff it's mad and then mixing it with mm. water is yeah I'd, I'd be interested like i can't wait for like maybe in like two months time where we see just how the difference of how, how much that's worked the putting it in the burlap sack yeah like uh i did have a bit of um a comparison thing going on where two very similar tomato plants uh were being watered one with just water and the other with wood ash mix Mm. and it did seem like the wood ash mix was doing better (laughs) but then in my haste after work one day i just went and watered every one of them with it (laughs) you ruined your own experiment (laughs) so i know it's it's foiled and the annoying thing about that is you have to wait till next year now to do it again (laughs) Ah, well maybe not next year i know look at yeah so what's what's the third uh the third uh fertilizer okay well i've kind of saved the best to last really Uh, this one (laughs) <laughs> you're not far wrong uh-huh. <laughs> um it's it's called compost tea okay so uh but i i also make worm tea as well um starting off with compost tea it's basically again tossing compost into a burlap sack submerging it in water and all the nutrients come out of the compost into the water and you you know you water it yeah. makes sense uh if it's if it's homemade compost it's gonna be full of microorganisms uh the stuff that the worms love um and yeah you can water that down as as much as you like it's a very good call for potted plants because potted plants won't get won't get any like outside uh you know, uh, insects and worms yeah. coming in from under the soil up to them. So it's a great way of kind of tricking a plant into thinking that it's it's not just caught up Stuck in a little in pot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the compost, sorry, the worm tea 
is uh, some of my friends know at this stage I do keep worms. Uh, I keep a worm bin. I've never heard this <laughs> <And> before. <laughs> oh, what? I have okay, never, heard, well, I've never heard this before. <laughs> It's okay. it's not as weird as it sounds. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound. Uh, it doesn't. Sound, it's not like you're fecking mole man with a bunch of worms. Like I, I understand that, that you have a use no, for them. Like. I've, <laughs> I've just got worms. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mark has worms in the title but, of this uh, episode. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no! Don't worry, we won't use that. <laughs> um, so what I've done is I've I've just got an old bath and I have. Uh, filled the bottom full of well I've, I've messed around with what the bottom's filled with but essentially you need uh, a part that the water drains to and gets away without okay. staying there and becoming like a soppy mess you know mm. so I messed around I put large stones in the bottom which was fine but some of the worms found their way into the stones and I hated to see it but the got met like stuck in the stones oh, and it yeah, wasn't no. good so yeah, no, and it's also good. a nuisance for harvesting the compost out of so then uh now i have like they're they're kind of they're called shore pipes so it, it's a pipe that you you run along the ground it's full of like little holes um and it's yeah it's about maybe three four inches diameter uh, and it lets the water run into them and run down the pipe while you know it's just creating yeah, free yeah. drainage and the base that is or the bath is at a slight angle so it lets the water drain to the plug and then you collect it in the bucket below okay um is that what that, yeah, is that what that uh, pipe is going to used for sorry is that like or is that just you just thought of an inventive way to use it oh that's well i mean the it's it's a shore pipe which farmers use to kind of run along a field okay and then they, they fill it full of stones on top and then it stops a field from being so so easy to flood really yeah. in the winter um so it's it's a similar use to what it's for really but it's instead it's in a warm bin on, 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 on a much a much minor school scale <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's what's going on there. I'll water them in the summer. Maybe I'll water my worms uh, once in the summer. <laughs> uh, sorry, once once every month during the summer. And during the winter, there's no real point. Um, you know, it's they don't like it to be too wet. So you'd rather not have too much moisture in there. Yeah. Um, but in summer, yeah, I'll water it. I'll collect uh the runoff in the bucket which is full of like worm pheromones and uh, microorganisms and also the compost tea which has come from the compost that the worms are digging around in as well um so this stuff must i be have like found this field. to be an sorry it's unbelievable yeah, say it's i can't ridiculous. even explain because you're basically doubling like, down you to the point you have two amazing yeah, things working exactly, together. Yeah. yeah. And I found th this is how wild it is. So I've watered plants with it before and I've seen native worms coming to the surface expecting to see 
more worms. So what it's doing <laughs> is it's actually pulling in worms from around the bed and they're all coming in to work on the soil in the bed as well. Um, it's either because of the worm pheromones that they can taste yeah. in the soil and they're thinking, oh, this is good breeding opportunity or it's because of the microorganisms that the worms use uh, to digest their food when they're working through the soil. Um, and we all know that worms are really important for plants as well. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, then plants also use microorganisms to feed the roots too, uh, which is why homemade compost is, is so much more valuable than bulk compost. So, and like, uh, I'm assuming yeah. more worms is a good sign. Like that means that you have really, really fertile and great grounds. Like the oh, more worms, the better. Yeah. And how, how much worms did you have in this? Definitely. Bath, do you think? So I, I bought, I don't even know. I think it was like, I don't know what weight it was, but there had to be about 50 worms in the package that I bought. Okay. Um, this is one key thing. If anyone listening wants to, for whatever reason, make a worm bin, <laughs> don't use native ordinary worms. Uh, they're not made for this. They want to dig down they can go as deep as like five meters into the soil. Jesus, They're not really? into this kind of setup. Yeah, exactly. They dig down. They're like five meters is deep that. for Whereas, the tiny little thing like a worm. Like, oh, I know it's nuts. Um, yeah, fuck. No, they'll they'll dig that far down. But these are called composting worms, um, or red tigers. They're they're tiger worms, really, (laughs) Um, (laughs) because they've got they're slightly striped. You see, they're like little bits of purple and red on them. They're they're little tiger worms, but they can be chunky as well. Yeah, and where would they be native to? Actually, sorry. So they are actually native to our our soil as well. Oh, oh, really? Um, Yeah, and I've like the thing is, they like to live in the top top 50 centimeters of soil they won't really dig any deeper than that because mm. uh, they like to pull leaves down from the surface into the ground below and you'll also find those in your compost heap too so they're a really efficient uh breaker down off compost so you you toss them into the bin you put in some uh i put in some compost from from the pile like well rotted compost Mm. but then on top of that you put in things that haven't been composted yet and they start feeding on that you know your kitchen scraps uh your weeds um bits and pieces like that and yeah you just visit them like once a month water them a little (laughs) bit collect the runoff and and you're winning um (laughs) How long have you been doing this for? With the worms? I've had my worm bin, yeah, I'd say it must be two years now. And would you say it's uh, like one of the most effective, it probably is the most effective fertilizer you could use, would it? It is, yeah. It's, well, for what it's for, I suppose, if you want like high impact nitrogen, you're not going to get it from that. Mm. 
but you will get the healthiest plants um, from simply doing that, you know, and you can water it down as much as you like as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's, um, it's great. And I suppose there's one extra thing that you get from that too, which is some of the best compost you can ever get, which is called worm castings. So like every half year I dig out half of, uh, half of the bats compost, which is fully broken down. I take it from one side and well, what I tactically do is only put the kitchen scraps on say the left side of the bin so all the worms for a couple of over. weeks. Exactly. They all migrate over that side. Then you can dig out the right side and you'll get a couple of worms in there, but they're going on the ground anyway. So mm. it's fine. And the stuff is so crumbly and it's just the best compost you've ever seen. So then they all migrate to that side. You push it over, uh, you mix it up, you add a bit more kitchen scraps, and then you do the exact same in reverse on the left side later in the year then. So yeah, it's pretty simple but effective uh, method of doing that. And just like a question in terms of like um, fertilizer, uh, what would be like, in terms of like it's probably a very obvious question but like what would be the main benefit over organic fertilizer than chemical fertilizer yeah i suppose it's it's just the fact that it's slow release and it doesn't you know it, it doesn't like run out so fast like mm. you could almost set your watch to bought fertilizer where you put it on after two weeks the plants are so used to that high impact fertilizer that they're like, all right, give me more. I'm done with that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I need yeah. more. Like a junkie Whereas, almost. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just shoot it right into my roots. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly chasing that first, that first spray. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. But then uh, homemade comp or homemade fertilizer, it's not just as intense, but it's much more slow release. So, you know, you can keep adding yeah, it. Yeah. Um, plus, let's not even, like, we haven't even mentioned the fact that bot fertilizers do end up in our... Rivers. Uh, water systems water eventually. Systems, yeah. Exactly, yeah, rivers and drinking water eventually too. So, uh, especially in the rivers, they can cause a lot of algae growth, you know, the green... I've, oh, uh, I've seen it firsthand. Seaweedish. Minging, like... Yeah, which... And that's that actually starves uh, the fish from nitrogen in the water as well. Sorry, oxygen. It starves yeah. the fish from oxygen. Um, and yeah, so if it's if it's natural fertilizer like that, it's you know the ground seen it before. It's no issue, and it's do you know we were, yeah it's organic. So we were um, just with the fertilizer thing actually just pop into my head there. Myself and my dad were driving up to Tyrone to see Granny because we hadn't seen her. I hadn't seen her in like, I think it was like four, four or five months. But um, while we were driving up along the motorway, there was this big, big field and there was this tractor spraying fertilizer on it that was just like this cloud. And you couldn't you couldn't see the field. There was so much smoke on it, but the smoke was actually going onto the um, onto the road that it was like driving through like a ma mm -hmm. massive, massive dust cloud. And I was like, 
first off, how is this allowed? Mm. And secondly, how is this, you know, there's no way this is um, a good benefit at all. Like, it just looks unhealthy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just looks awful. But like, we couldn't see it. We couldn't see it then. When you're driving through it. Oh, Jesus it's Christ. Like, hold yeah. your breath. Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just glad yeah. we were in the car. Because I say, if we were outside, that, that, um, the smell mm. of that, like, was, yeah, it was just, it was insane. Yeah. And you're kind of looking at going like those plants look but, like they're going to um, die when in that rather than uh, rather than grow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's the other thing about like uh, bought fertilizers as well and and pesticides. The plants start to rely on them, and they're so used to them that if they don't have them, they won't do well. But that even works into the next generation of the plants. Like yeah, you know, but- if you if you save the seeds from those. And then their offspring also expect the same fertilizers and pesticides. And, you know, you find that potatoes are the best example. Potatoes are well known for getting blight in Ireland Mm. and people spray them for blight. But if you buy organic grown potatoes, they won't have any blight because, or at least they won't have it until much later in the season because their ancestors didn't get sprayed uh, for blight, so they don't expect to be sprayed for blight either. Mm. I've so. seen blight on a potato before. We had it in a we had a potato sack that had it, and it's it's like you can't eat it. It's basically dead. But um, it is dead, isn't it? Blight does kill it. It would there's no, you get nothing from it. Yeah, well, it's it kind of blackens the leaves. Yeah, um, and then that just reduces the chance of photosynthesis, but. It also, I haven't had to deal with it, but it works its way down into the potato and then the potato turns black as well. Yeah, so. that's what, we had black potatoes um, and it just looked, I was like, Ugh, yeah, not eating that. But I and just, mm-hmm. if you have, so if, say for instance, if you have a plant that's been raised on um, chemical fertilizer, is it possible to get it back mm-hmm. through, like get it normalized through organic fertilizer or is it more or less kind of like it, it probably will die? Like, is there is there a chance to bring it back? Oh, I'd, I'd say so. Um, I'm not a plant psychologist or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I don't know. I'd say you could kind of rehab them and get them back back on track again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just getting Amy Winehouse vibes. But, uh, I thought you were actually going to... Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a potato. <laughs> but uh, I thought you were going to ask, um, like, if you're eating, if you're eating food that's been sprayed with pesticides or uh you know bought fertilizers then you, the difference? you can probably expect to have it no you probably expect to be eating it and ingesting it as well like so oh yeah of course yeah because you know, yeah which which is something that we're not even talking like, about half aware of mm. anymore you know when, when we go into the shop there's there's two two things that are the most sprayed uh fruit and vegetables is tomatoes and strawberries those two things are the, the most spread things probably apples too apples have that um, wax thing on them have you ever seen that where you they, they put the wax on uh, them to make them look more uh, ap- appealing like you can maybe yeah. scratch it off like they say it's edible but it just looks as it just looks nasty like yeah st- i haven't really had well they do say to wash the potatoes before you eat or oh. sorry the the apples yeah, yeah, yeah wash the apples before you eat them 
But uh, apples do come with a natural wax as well. Oh, do they? Maybe oh. they do add. Yeah, yeah. It's just to help preserve them. Oh, um, did not know that. It's it's like a self self pervert. Oh. But like at the same time, maybe they do add extra wax to them in some shops. Well, uh, why would they be spraying uh, tomatoes and strawberries? Like, what would be just to? Is it just to ripen them up or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, you're spot on. So for for strawberries is to speed up the ripening because there's only a very small window for for strawberries. Some varieties are ready at the start of a certain month, like July, some are mid-July, some are end of July. Mm. So if you can speed them up, um, you know, to get them ready for like, you know, you know, April or something, yeah. April, May, then you're you're opening that window a bit more. So that's that. And also just for disease and for aphids. Um, same with tomatoes, uh, to speed up the, the ripening process and to reduce the blight. Hmm. So, well, yeah. I, I guess um, I didn't know any of... I see, I told you before, like when we were doing the first... When you said you were going to do organic... I hadn't a clue what we were going to talk about. <laughs> well, I hadn't a clue about any of this um but i guess i kind of like if we're going to try and finish up the episode it was like what how would you be preparing the garden now for july we are going into july yeah we are Ooh, yeah well yeah good good question again i suppose continue weeding and tending to the plants you know taking off the dead leaves Mm. keeping them healthy um a lot of watering going on and yeah it's it's time to start harvesting a lot of a lot of those guys too i see some of the cucumbers are starting to show up um tomatoes are starting to show up too so lovely i actually expect some of them to start right like ripening in the next couple of weeks and strawberries as well strawberries are actually starting to ripen for me oh, too man, fresh so, strawberries are the best yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah, they do not last long in our house when we have them. <laughs> They're gone like straight away. They're so lovely. <laughs> My strawberries, they don't even make it through the door. Like, I have a, like... You just, like what, do you like picking I, them going like, one for me, one for them, one for me, one for them. <laughs> eating them, oh, eating them as you pick who? them. Like, it's only me. It's only you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like at this point, yeah, because you've got your early strawberries, but... I'd like to think there'll be a point where I'll be able to bring a bowl out and, and fill it. But fill it yeah. yeah, right now it's it's like checking them out, eating them, doing a few other bits and then coming back and, and finishing off what's left before Lovely. before I <laughs> I would imagine that I would so, imagine strawberries are a hard one to keep. Would I do insects not go crazy for the strawberries, no? In terms of eating them. Yeah, um, there's so aphids or green fly love strawberries mm. you'll find them residing under the leaves uh, especially greenhouse strawberries that's why i'm not growing any this year uh, but the ones outdoor they don't seem to care as much for so that's good um slugs love strawberries too yeah and as long as you keep the area around the strawberry clear of any debris like old leaves or uh, you know, stones or anything that they can hide under. Your strawberries are pretty safe. Okay. Um, and one other thing that kind of tends to eat them is wood lice. 
um you know the wee kind of uh, I know, yeah I know. pill shaped yeah they're of. awful looking yeah well they've got a job too i but, know well, yeah, so every insect has a job whenever. like but they're they're not nice yeah <laughs> but yeah they are a bit weird um, we had to do a project on them in school so where we where we um kept them in like a shoebox for ages and you had to observe their movements um oh right yeah it was a weird project i can't remember what the point of it was for i did find out that they, <laughs> they can swap they can swap sex I th- that's right yeah they can yes. swap sex when it when it suits yeah. them like they just go i'm female now i'm male <laughs> which is kind of yeah which is and nuts. A- another interesting thing i've noticed with them is normally they're gray but you can get like hundreds of different types and i've noticed that see because i use uh like leaves old leaves as a mulch in my greenhouse Mm. for uh using for on top of the compost to keep keep the water held in the compost and the bed you'll see a lot of little uh wood lice kind of working the way around the leaves which is fine yeah but earlier in the year they were all gray and now i've noticed a lot of them have like brown, brown and yeah, yellow yeah. markings. Ours went br- uh, the, the ones in the shoebox yeah. went brown, which is bizarre. I don't know why. Yeah, but like, but I well, I maybe your ones were just getting a little weird or whatever. But, well, no, it was only one. But I think it was only one shoe lice. Uh, one wood yeah. lice. Sorry, shoe lice. What the hell? But, shoe lice. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is after generations, uh, through evolution. They're evolving to be the same color as the leaves around them. Uh, So they can kind of camouflage within it. I think because, I mean, there were definitely no like yellow and and brown ones earlier in the year. But I wonder, is it a food? uh, Whenever I started noticing. I wonder, is it a food thing as well? Because, you know, like flamingos are, are traditionally brown. But it's the food they eat that makes them pink, I think. Ah, so I wonder yeah, if that have anything yeah. to do with it. I have to look that up when we're done. I have to. I'm gonna have to re- like I Maybe. had. That, I did that project when I was I was in second class. So I would have been. Oh, what age would have been? Ten? No, nine. Nine. Hmm. Eight. It would have been eight. Um, but yeah, it was. I remember, and like all of us had wood lice in the classroom, and I, like I hated them. I don't. I don't like insects. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> if a, if a moth flies near me, I run away. But um, I I hate insects. Oh, no. oh my god, I hate. I do not like them at all. If you want to scare, like I watch horror films all the time. If you want to scare the absolute shit out of me, make me watch The Fly. I will watch any. I will watch any other horror film. Oh, fine. No. If you make me watch The Fly, I will be <laughs> no. Can't do it. The Fly is a weird one. Like yeah, oh, it's it's, it's yeah. and it's still like it's what like it's nearly forty years old. I'd say at this point, it's still effective. Like it still looks real. Anyway, we're getting completely yeah, sidetracked. Well, <laughs> I just gotta say, you you can assume my first intro to the fly was the Simpsons episode. The Simpsons episode. In Treehouse but that's Horror. that's the old ep- that's the old fly. That's the one from the nineteen fifties, I think. Yes. David Cronenberg's fly is the one I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, it was a more recent one. Oh, it's yeah. uh, it's with Jeff Goldblum. And I think Gina Davis is in it as well. Oh God, it's it's making it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen a film more disgusting in my life at the last 20 minutes of it oh. but uh, I guess Mark like do you have any uh, closing remarks for this week's episode um 
Yeah, well, I mean, the sun's out, the good weather's here. Uh, everyone, if you're not doing it already, get outside, uh, get out into your woods or into your gardens and, and make use of it while it's here. Yeah, because it's going to be gone very soon, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, that was that was a good bit That's of crack. Learned plenty as always. And thanks, thanks so much for coming nice. on. Yeah, that was fun. Hmm. All right, man. Well, I'll get nice. you. I'll get thanks you. For I'll have me. to get you next. Until next time. No, we'll, we'll, and it won't be this long next time. We'll get. We'll definitely. We'll. We'll stay on track. <laughs> we'll get you in July. All nice. right, man. Peace out. Thanks for coming on. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye.